0: Perfect. Perfect. What's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Three to the Dome podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kyle Maggio, joined by my whistle, compatriots, Patriots, Jacoby, and Philip. What's going on, fellas? What's
1: good? It's a, it's a beautiful morning.
0: So it's a good morning for Lakers fans. Uh, a, in, in, honestly, could not have gone better. Uh, I don't think anybody could have envisioned a a better night, right or wrong.
1: Yeah,
0: I. I like first and foremost injuries
1: are fucking trash but after that you know like that game was beautiful off to a rough start turn things around finished it off never in doubt
2: they tried to smoke it there they tried to let him come back in the fourth quarter there for a little bit Kendrick Nunn came off the bench I think he had like 15 points in like I don't know like 10 minutes or something crazy like that and he, he tried to Make it a, a at least slightly more competitive game, but yeah, it was over pretty much after like midway through the third quarter, and we're on the game, too. Just gotta get a good lead there, get a good lead in the series, and it'll be over with.
0: Yeah, so Anthony Davis last night 34 points, nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks, uh, pretty efficient 11 to 21 shooting, got to the line 10 times, hit all the shots. Um, you know, yesterday. Kobe was saying that Anthony Davis is the zone breaker. Uh, it appears very much that, you know, he's going to just kind of do whatever he wants this series. I, I don't think last night pretty much proved it to me. Uh, he came out flat against him defensively, and I don't know how you adjust to to him at this point to really slow him down.
2: They're too small, man, like the heat is just too small. They don't have anybody who can really, that even stands a chance on guarding him, except Bam. And Bam might be hurt, so if, there's if he misses any time, he's just gonna steamroll them every game. And he had thirty, he had something last night. If Bam can't play, he's probably gonna get forty or fifty every night that he doesn't play. And it it, it was bad, man. It was bad if you if you're a Heat fan. Just watching like Andre Iguodala and Solomon Hill just like flailing around trying to stop AD just had to make you feel kind of depressed there.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, it kind of just feels like the series is coming down between LeBron and AD on who's going to win the finals MVP. Because, like, that fourth quarter, you could see LeBron chasing that triple-double. Like, he was hunting that last assist. And, like, like I, we know, like, if anybody knows anything about their own legacy, it's LeBron James. And he was, he saw what AD was doing out there, and he was hunting for that triple-double in the fourth.
0: Yeah, he absolutely was hunted for it. And it was a, a pretty easy night for him uh, in terms of who was being thrown onto him. You know, he got any one of the heat wings that they needed out there uh, for the scoring purposes to stay in the series. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow, uh, they were just food on LeBron. Uh, it, it was going to be a, a rough night for anybody who – ge- I mean, it's going to be rough anybody, period, being put on LeBron James. But those guys especially, like, that's not what you want. In this series, like you, has got to tighten it up at least defensively there, because like LeBron's going to get his triple double the rest of the way if he's going to be able to hunt for it with those guys on him. You know what I mean? He's going to literally just do anything that he wants. So, very interested to see who's going to win Finals MVP here. If you guys had to roll with it after this, we got an almost triple double from LeBron. And we got another big scoring night from AD. Who do you think is going to take home Finals MVP?
2: If I had to put money on it right now. I'm gonna say it's gonna be Anthony Davis, and this is why I'm gonna say it's gonna be Anthony Davis. I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but there's analysts that vote on who gets Finals MVP. Correct? I 100%. I 100% believe that they are gonna make sure that Anthony Davis gets it. If the stats are close, if the stats are close, like if 80 averages like 30 and 10 or 30 and 11 or something like that, has like two blocks, like a steal or two and it's close with LeBron, even if LeBron is averaging a triple-double, I think they're just going to vote for AD just to make sure that he gets it. I
1: don't know. I, I feel the exact opposite way. Like, I feel like if it's close, like, it's going to LeBron. Like, I've, like voters vote narrative, and, like, LeBron, when in finals MVP, is going to get their stories more clicks. You know what I mean? Like, that's a much bigger story than Anthony Davis's. Um it, Like, if AD is going to win it, like he has to, like take it from LeBron. Like he has to have thirty-four and twelve every single night, you know. And, and LeBron has to stay where he is, or worse, you know. And, and it's possible if we have three more blowout games, like LeBron, LeBron isn't going to be have the time on the court to fill the stat sheet unless he's telling Vogel, "I want to be on the floor to fill the stat sheet." You know what I mean? So, um ad has to take it and i think if he doesn't it's lebron's
0: i, I kind of thought it was definitely going to be media leaning towards lebron just because of the way that they even treated the mvp votes for the season and it was not that i actually thought lebron had a much more deserving case than people made it out to be because you know nothing could ever be uh, close on twitter uh, everything has to just be lopsided and somebody has to stink and not have a case um, so I obviously thought he had a shot like he deserved it. You know, I just thought Giannis probably deserved it a little bit more. But even the way they discussed the award, it was always like, well, you know, big year for the Lakers and the Kobe stuff. And it was like they kept trying to wrap everything together for LeBron, which it's there. It's, it's not like it's untrue. It's there. And I just think people want to, you know, it's a good story. You know, like LeBron comes another all time great you know, picks up the torch for Kobe, basically, right? Like that's like a lot of what we've been hearing. So I feel like they'd want to give him that finals MVP because if they don't give it to him this year, now we're going into season 18 next year. So even if they do make it back, what are the odds of him maintaining this level of play when we know he's not even in takeover mode this year? You know, he's kind of just coasting. So I think this is his real last shot. And I think the media is probably going to want to like, if it's a coin flip or close, I think they're probably just going to lean that LeBron route too. But again, assuming kind of what Phil said, like he's – you know, maintaining this near triple-double average kind of thing, unless Anthony Davis is going to go absolutely bonkers, which is now possible because Bam might be out for some time. But we'll see. Yeah. It's tough, man, but, I mean, at least that's, that's all we really got. I mean, on the Miami side, it was tough, right? I mean, they lost Dragic to, what was it, a planter tear
1: yeah. in, his,
0: in his, you know, foot or his ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's That's awful. And yeah. it initially looked like he's going to be out for the series. And then it said, uh, he intends to play on it. The reports were that he wasn't even hobbling on it when he was walking out, which, all right, man, if that's, if you could walk out on that.
2: <laughs> no, there's no reason for him to play, man. Like, would well, you be honest with yourself? Just let out the telcos put Kendrick Nunn in there, because a plantar tear. Like you can't even get like surgery on it or anything. It literally just has to heal. So you're running the you're running the risk of making it worse in a series that let's just be honest. If game one was any indication, you're not going to win. So I wouldn't even put my put myself or like my career going forward in jeopardy. I don't know how long he plays on playing basketball, but I would hate to see it get cut short because you worsened an injury in a series that you're not gonna win anyway. But if you're a Heat fan, man, just like the visual of Tyler Hero. And Duncan Robinson getting switched onto LeBron, and then just like literally praying that he just misses the shot, or somebody comes over to make sure that he misses the shot was the, the most depressing thing for them. But for me, a Lakers fan, that was hilarious. Just like watching Tyler Hero just kind of like stumble and look scared because he knows LeBron is about to score on him. I don't even really know how much more you could say if you're a Heat fan. You just kind of have to just like pray. You know, maybe some of the games are close. Maybe you don't know, like. Danny Green and KCP and Ronald just miss all their shots, and the game is close. And you steal one, but outside of that, it, it I think it's over.
1: Yeah, I mean, you def- you definitely got a feel for Heat fans, man. Um, and especially like Dragic, like, so he's, I think he's an unrestricted free agent this year. Um, he's 34. His first Finals, playing out of his mind the whole postseason in the bubble. And then he has a planner to, you know, like, like, I understand, like, wanting to come back and play in a series like that, because like, one, it's not guaranteed you're going to be back in the NBA, or I mean, if if he wants to play, he's back in the NBA, but like, there's no guarantees he's back with Miami. Um, and, you know, at 34, he only has so many years left, there's no guarantee he's going to get back to another finals, like, if he wants, you know, he he's a tough dude. You know, the, that Eastern European toughness, you know, he wants to get out there and play. Like, I understand it. But, like, if he's not 100%, it's just going to hurt the team more. And the team's already down um, a game. They're already down in talent. Um, they don't get no home games in Miami. Like, they, they, Like there's nothing going good for him right now. And, you know, Kev's not on the call right now to, you know, kind of hype things up. He's probably hungover drunk himself to sleep you know it's like it it's not looking good and and it, and it takes a lot of the fun out of it because I feel bad for him you know like <laughs> I don't want to feel bad for my opponent in the middle of the in the middle of a four game final series but I pity him you know <laughs>
0: it's rough <laughs> this this by all accounts though looked like both like Lakers and Heat fan no, there's no like animosity. It looked like it was just going to be a, a fun series for both sides. I think that's kind of what I, a lot of what I saw on Twitter it was mostly just like, Hey man, good luck. Hope it's a good series for both, you know, both sides, which, which was, you know, obviously nice. That's what everybody wants. But yeah, I mean now it's kind of tough when it's like, well, now we can't even really get our best shot at it. Cause you know, our three of our four most valuable players are already hurt. Like that's, that's tough. That's tough. You know, even Jimmy, Jimmy goes down, And he's a tough guy, but he stays in. It was an ankle sprain. That's still not an easy thing to play with. Like, ankles are very, very important in basketball, if not the most important joint uh, that you got to play with and the most oft-injured thing. So you guys uh, know how easy it is to re-injure an ankle after you roll or, or twist it even slightly. So good luck for Jimmy, but that's tough to deal with. You know, Bam, we're still waiting to see what happens with. But, you know, he had a tough night before that. So... It's tough. And then, you know, to Colby's point, yeah, Tyler Harrell was, what, a minus 6,000 last night, basically. And he's had, like, he's had a damn good playoffs, you know. But, again, he's young. He's a rookie. It's going to be tough going up against the Lakers, especially. And, you know, LeBron James in in, in the finals, this is not exactly what you want. It's not a matchup he's ever going to win, you know. So, basically, the only puncher's chance here for Miami is they got a bomb from three. Like, really, like, that's your only – Chance, you got to just bomb from three. Try to hide some of these young guys away from LeBron. I, you know, I don't know if you if you try to mix more Crowder and Iguodala and and just make sure those guys play more minutes, don't come out of the game. But uh, I feel like that's their only chance. Like they got to literally just hunt and bomb for threes, almost like the Houston Rockets would. Like I don't know how else, how else you're not going to win the interior battle against these Lakers. You know, so what what else what what else could you do? Yeah, and the only.
1: The only problem with that, too, is, like, you know, the other teams that the Lakers have played so far, they've been able to bomb from three, like, because they had, like, that one guy who, like, is – you have the key on them, you know? It's, like, Murray or Jokic against Denver. It was Harden against uh, Houston. It was Dame and CJ against Portland. Like, like, they all had that one guy to where, like, you know, if, if you're, if you don't show up, like they could possibly get 50 and and Miami doesn't have that one guy to like kind of have the defense gravitate toward and open up things for like shooters. And, you know, Jimmy can get his, you know, but he, he's not that kind of guy, you know, Bam can get his, but he's not that kind of guy. And so like even Harold can get his, but like, you know, he's not coming down and like taking 30 shots a game, you know? So, uh, the Lakers defense was really able to like key in after the first six minutes and like you know shut down everything Miami was trying to do offensively so it's gonna be rough.
2: There's another point to go on just go along with this. Miami bombing from three would help but you also have to stop the Lakers from hitting three. The Lakers were a not good three-point shooting team all regular season and in the playoffs just to give you an insight on how, how much it turned, Rajon Rondo is shooting 41% from three in the bubble right now. Like, if you can't stop the Lakers from hitting threes, it doesn't matter if you hit threes because you're just trading baskets, and you know that defense is going to stop you at some point in the game. They're going to go on a run where you don't score at all, and they run off, like, 16 or 18 or 20 points. So it's, it's kind of hopeless unless these guys just suddenly start shooting like they did in the regular season and they start missing shots. But they haven't been shots all bubble, so uh, I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't. I want to give Heat fans some hope because, like you said, Heat fans and Laker fans don't really have any. We don't have any beef. If it was the Celtics, would be different. I'd probably just be laughing. But you know, what can you do? It might just be over after game. They blow them out in game two. If I was a Heat fan, I probably wouldn't even watch the rest of the series because I know what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, so I mean on a on a Lakers shooting note, uh Danny Green uh, actually looked like a professional basketball player last night. I'd like to point that out after our discussion uh yesterday about him on this exact podcast. He had a three of eight shooting night from deep. Uh you know, overall looked like a like a decent decent player. I mean four rebounds, a couple steals. I mean it looked like a like a regular finals Danny Green night.
2: I always believed.
0: I always believed one day the slander would get through. One day one day, all the jokes
2: and all the mean tweets would get through to him, just like it gets to every other Lakers player that we slander on Twitter, and he would come through, and Danny Green finally showed up. With him. He always he always shows up in the finals, though. I feel like you said that. I feel like last time we talked, he, like, he always shows up in the finals when you need him to show up, and he finally showed up. And I feel like we just keep – Given more and more reasons why he fans should be depressed, because if Danny Green is hitting shots, they're not going to win the game.
1: Let's also keep in mind that there was like absolutely no pressure on Danny Green to perform yesterday because he got out of hand so quickly. Um, So a lot of guys were just like, you know, just just playing freely. Um, So hopefully, you know, Danny Green can take this into Game Two if it's a little bit tighter. Knock down some important shots, but you know, it, 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 it is a real positive for the Lakers that Danny Green had a good game because you know, of all of the players who get regular minutes, like he's probably the most inconsistent of those, along with Kyle Kuzma. But you know, it, if you got the lowest on the totem pole having great games and, in the NBA finals and a blowout win. I, I just – I don't know where the heat go from here. Like, I really don't know.
0: Speaking of
2: – Are we of... going to talk, talk about the Lakers' role players and how everybody's been saying they've been trash all season just for them to outplay the other team's role players in every series they've played so far?
0: Yeah, K- KCP, uh, it looks like everyone's successfully bullied into being a good player, you know? Uh, he looks like a normal basketball player out there now, which is a uh, – you know, a decent turn of events, given all the cardio he was doing earlier in the season.
2: My God, man. our greatest, our Lakers Twitter's greatest success story, contagious Coldwell Pope, all the jokes, all the memes, just all the things that we wish we could take back now. He saw it all, got on his burner account on Twitter, told us that he was going to play better, told us that he was going to be all right, and he delivered. Then we got Dwight. Another success story. It was almost out the league. When the Lakers signed him, people were like, oh, they're signing Dwight! Ha, 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 ha. He's bullying other people's big men. Just destroying them on the board, destroying them on the offensive glass. Who else is a success story on the Lakers? I tell like we got Rondo. Everybody slandered him. Everybody killed him all year. We killed him that first playoff game he played. He's been great since. This team is just full of success stories guys people counted out guys people said were trash garbage said they sucked and now they're all balling the nba finals, and it's just it's just beautiful to see
1: yeah i mean what what i what i like most about yesterday's game is like i have no idea what alex caruso did you know what i mean like he's been like one of the (laughs) one of the guys who are like i I have, like, at least one play I can remember from the game. It was, like, Alex Crusoe made a winning play. And it was important for that game. You know what I mean? And if you can have a game to where, like, you don't need Alex Cruz to do Alex Crusoe things, like, that's, that's a perfect night, you know? Like, we had Markeith out there getting some minutes. We had Quinn Cut coming in at the end of the game getting up shots. Like, <laughs> we're, like the whole squad got some run, you know? Jared Dudley got some run in a finals game in 2020. Like, how is that legal? Like, I, I just don't understand it.
0: Yeah, our close personal friend Jared Dudley got one minute and 23 seconds of action last night. That is one minute and 23 seconds of action more than I thought Jared Dudley would get in this series. So there's that, and it happened all in game one. Uh, I would like to point out uh, number three option Kyle Kuzma of the Los Angeles Lakers had three points last night on one of seven shooting not that they necessarily needed uh, anything from him or you know most Lakers last night but uh, one of seven shooting for the number three option is still not great he's got plenty of time to figure it out here I think with the layout of the the heat situation right now but uh, not great man not what you want he he was not great on the offensive end absolutely not but
1: um, he was fantastic on the defensive end. He was fantastic rebounding. Like I don't, I don't know what his rebounding numbers were, but he Eight was rebounds. crashing the Oh, See, there it is. There um, is. He, he was crashing the boards. He was putting his body on people when shots were in the air. You know, it was like shots weren't falling, but he was doing other things. Um, uh, He was initiating the office, offense when uh, LeBron was out for that stretch in the first quarter. Um, You know, he, he did a lot of little things, and – you know, Kyle Kuzma two years ago was not the kind of guy who was going to do the little things when his shot wasn't falling. Um, and so I I think having you know AD around him, LeBron around him, he's matured a little bit, um, and he can stay within the flow of the game when he's not shooting the ball well. And he was absolute trash on the offensive end, but he was still a overall positive last night, which is just another testament to like how well rounded and how great they were as a team yesterday.
2: The coolest thing is interesting only because like everybody assumes he's the number three guy on the team, but I don't really believe that they actually have a true number three guy because it's somebody, di- it's somebody different every game. Sometimes it's Dwight Howard just crashing off of the glass and just ducking on people all game. Every once in a while, Danny Green gets hot. It just like hits like five three-pointers and it's him. A lot of a lot of the times it's actually been KCP if I had to like, Pick one guy to just be, like, the number three guy. It'd probably either be KCP for the most of the season or in the bubble specifically in the playoffs. It would have to say be Rondo as the number three guy. But that's what's great about this Lakers team. Like, we don't have one. We just need somebody to step up every once in a while in a game just to make sure that AD and Brian can bring it home. It could be Caruso. Every once in a while in the bubble, it's been Marquise Morris. He came in clutch in certain games. So I think this was great about this team. And it's a testament to how Rob polika and just the franchise built it, just bringing in guys who buy in, play their role. And when they need to come in, come in and come up big, they always do.
0: Yeah, definitely a good point, uh, especially defensively for Kuz. He's come a long way. Uh, he was a train wreck there previously. Uh, but I, I don't even think that, you know, I think we tend to forget just in general that young players in general that come into the league are, almost always awful across the board like even the better defensive rookies are generally still not really great NBA defenders it's usually a rare thing if that happens quickly so you know being year three now and and Kuz like being a decent defender is actually kind of like normal for an NBA trajectory I think you know it's just it's the Twitter era I, I know it's easy like for example I destroy Kevin Knox every routinely every Knicks game that he plays or attempts to play professional basketball uh he is a garbage defender right but like To a degree, you expect garbage defending and then hope like, all right, now it's time to tighten it up. You're three and four, especially if you're a contending Lakers team with LeBron James. You you need to be serious. And to Kuz's credit, he's filled that lane pretty much correctly. I think defensively he's come along pretty well. Uh, I think when you have versatile defenders like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you just got to do a couple of things and you got to do them right on defense. You just got to fill that gap and, you know, really just not blow your assignment. Simple stuff. And it looks like Kuz is doing that. He, he looks like he's staying grounded more. He's not, like, biting for pumps and, and things like that these days. It seems like he's just more like, I'll stay vertical. I'm just going to use my body. I'm a big defender. I'll be a little bit more physical. And it's working for him, to his credit. So it's nice to see. Yeah,
1: his kryptonite, Mega Porter Jr. wasn't on the floor, and he turned into a different defender. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, It's been, like, incredible watching, like, his transformation because, like, even those first few years, like, to your point, like, players just come in and you don't know how to to defend at an NBA level. But it's, like, he played, like, alongside Lonzo Ball, who came in and he wasn't perfect, but he was a good defender as a rookie. He was a good defender as a second- and third-year player. And you can see, like, the the difference, like, the, the huge gap in between, like, understanding how to play on that side of the ball at the NBA level. And that, I I never thought that Kuz would be in a place where, like, you can put him on the other team's best perimeter scorer and he would do a decent job, you know, or, or you know, he, he'd come over help side and, like, understand, like, what his assignment was um, when rotations happen, you know, being in the right position, taking charges, like doing all of the little small things. Like, never, never am I – Wildest dreams, what I would have thought Kyle Kuzma would be in this place. It's funny
2: because Lakers fans, originally when the AD trade happened, all of us were complaining. We were like, bro, why did Koo, Why is Koo with the one? Because Lonzo would be perfect for the team. Well, yeah. The reason everybody said Lonzo would be perfect is because Lonzo does all the little things you need him to do to help you win games. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to play defense. If he, hits open, if he hits open threes, they're probably going to win those games 99% of the time. But he's still going to do everything that he needs to do to make sure that you win the game. That's why everybody wanted Alonzo. Everybody wanted Brandon Ingram because he was just the best player. And we knew if we still had him and LeBron and AD, that just wouldn't be fair. But we got Kuz. And we were all depressed. It was like, if he don't hit shots, what is he going to contribute to this team? And, he, you know, credit to Frank Vogel, credit to LeBron, credit to AD. Phil Handy, whoever else is on that coaching staff, Jason Kidd, all those guys, because they got him to buy in and they got him to find find ways to contribute in other ways to the game, to winning the game. He plays defense. I remember Luke Walton had him guarding centers last year, and we were all just like, why? He's guarding wings now. He's doing a better job. And, you know, credit to him. He's looking to get paid. I don't know if that's going to happen with the Lakers, but, you know, if he's on the team next year or if he's somewhere else, I hope he contributes, and you know, I hope he improves becomes a better player.
0: Uh, so, to pivot quickly, uh, quickly here, there's a couple of non Lakers Heat things that have uh, popped up this morning that I like your opinions on. Uh, the first of which being Doc Rivers in Philly uh, looks like that's going to be the thing that's happening. It looks like that's where he's gonna end up. He watched game one of the finals with them last night. Uh it apparently, you know, per Woj, he's, you know, the the lead candidate. Uh it looks like a a offer is going to be put out to him. What do we think about that fit? Uh knowing the complexities of that garbage, gigantic roster that they've assembled and what, you know, the kind of work that needs to be done to clear it up. But do we th- do we like Doctor? Do we like Doc for an immediate position right after getting camp?
2: I think that's the best fit as far as the teams that are looking for coaches. I think Doc's the best fit because Doc. I wouldn't like Doc in a rebuilding situation. I wouldn't like him in New Orleans. You know, what I'm saying? I wouldn't like him there. I think a team with veterans and a team with all stars and you know players that are ready to win now. I think that's a good situation for him because Doc is good at managing egos. Doc's good at managing egos. Doc is good at getting great players to buy into what what he's saying and to what he believes. And I think they need more than that. They need need that more than anything in Philly as opposed to a guy like Mike D'Antoni who, like, he might have a great system and it might work well for Ben Simmons. Maybe not so much for Joel Embiid. So I think Doc would probably be the best fit
1: there. I, I just don't know, like, if coaching is going to change too much with what's going on in Philly. Because, like, as you said, Kyle, like, that roster is an atrocity. Um, like, along with hiring Doc, they're going to have to make some moves, you know. Um, I don't know how much longer Simmons and MB can coexist unless they, they put nothing but shooters around them. Um, and spread the floor, Uh, but I I don't know what Doc does for this team that Brown wasn't doing for him. Um, Health is always going to be a concern with this roster. Um, Ego is always going to be a concern, and Doc has shown he can manage those things, even though he has had some issues with it with Chris Paul in the past. He's had issues with it with Blake Griffin. who knows what the hell happened in that locker room with Kawhi and Paul George and Kyle is
0: avoiding the killer bees. Uh, that was <laughs> that was wild. I came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was like the matrix um, for a second. Yeah, but um
1: yeah, I d I, I don't like cool, I guess, but I, I don't know what Doc does for them that they don't already have.
0: They they gotta they gotta send uh Horford. Like to Rikers, but they got to get him out of there, man. Like, that makes no sense. That, that, the only thing that I thought of when they, they picked Corford up was like, man, they think Embiid's going to get hurt and they want this for insurance. They want another big that they can initiate some kind of offense from. That was the only thing. But even then, I was like, a hundred million dollars for insurance is kind of a lot, man. Like, that's a little, a little much. So they got to get him out of there first and foremost. Attach whatever assets you need. I don't even think like Harris looked bad, like, but he looked better when Horford just simply was not there. So I feel like Harris theoretically could still work as like a stretch four, but then, yeah, you just need more shooters. Like, and and I do think these two can stay together because when I look at it, they've had two deep playoff runs when, when healthy, right. Two deep playoff runs in their first three years. And, you know, they're all stars. They've made all NBA teams. It's like the only thing they really haven't done yet is make a, a finals an Easter conference finals or finals. And, Win an MVP or a defensive player of the year, I think like they're very, they're very talented together. They can obviously take you deep already and they're very early in their career still. It's like, you know, clean this, this garbage a front to basketball roster up and then give them shooters and then actually see what happens. Like, like I don't know how anybody with a brain doesn't just give them like 12 shooters on that roster besides them. They could also use a player like Markel Fultz. Man.
2: They could. They really could. The thing about Philly that I didn't get was that they were four bounces away, four bounces away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. And they just overreact. I feel like they just overreacted to everything that happened because of that game winner. Like, they got Al Horford. Don't even really understand why. And originally, I thought they got Al Horford just to make sure that he wasn't locking down Joel Embiid anymore. Like, I – like. I didn't understand it then, but I think that can help, but trying to get rid of Al Horford when he's on a max contract, I don't know what team is going to take it, maybe Sacramento just because it's the Kings and they just do Kings things, but they still, they still have Tobias Harris, they still have Jason Richardson, who I thought would be, oh, Josh Richardson, sorry, that I thought would be a good a good fit on that team just because he he's a shooter and they need more shooters around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But we'll see, man. Crazier things have happened, and hopefully they figure it out. So 76ers fans won't be depressed.
0: We'll see what happens, man. I, East, you know, Giannis being fraudulent with the Bucks uh, has shown us that the East is still wide open. So, you know, anything could really happen now year to year. So it's like it could be honestly a quick fix. Like ship Horford out, get some shooters in. Let Doc run a a different offense just a little bit, see what happens. And then, you know, you might really be back in the top three or four next year and you might be all set, you know, to make another deep playoff run and see what happens. But I think they're close. I think you just got to adjust the pieces here. So hopefully they start getting some of them out. But uh, on that note, we're going to wrap here. So thank you guys for joining us for another edition of the 3 to the Dome Pod. We'll come to you live again after game two uh, which will likely be another dismantling of the Miami Heat uh, so we will see what happens there what's we'll oh sorry we'll talk to you pre-game first actually before game two just to do a little preview but uh, we'll talk to you guys then take it easy and thank you guys for uh, joining me once again take it easy fellas